0: Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepherd here on the latest BYU Sports Nation. We discuss the rumored offensive line coaching hire of T.J. Woods and what BYU men's basketball falling four spots in the AP poll means. On the next episode, we'll talk with BYU defensive end
1: Tyler Batty about his decision to come back to BYU and preview BYU hoops versus Denver,
0: the entire city. Whoa, the Nuggets? Listen on demand. Google BYU Sports Nation podcasts or tuned in live at noon Eastern for BYU SN, always here on BYU Radio. Next on BYUSN, what do we make of the reported hiring of offensive line coach T.J. Woods? Who is he and what's on the resume? Men's Hoops is number 18 in the AP poll. What that says about the season so far and where they could be come Big 12 play.
1: We'll catch up with former BYU star Eric Mika with the latest on his injury, playing in the G League, his podcast, and his early season impressions of Cougar hoops. And this week's Top 5 Tuesday features the best duos on campus so far
0: this season. There's some good ones. I'm not sure how, who we're going to name one, who we're going to name five, how that's going to go down, but we shall attempt to do it. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, December 12th. It is 12:12. I don't know what we did 11 years ago when it was 12-12-12, but here we are. I'm Jerem Jordan, alongside a huge fan of the number 32, Yason Born Identity Shepherd.
1: Look, we've heard Santa Claus is coming to town. Well, now Jimmer is coming to town. Yes, he is. Big, big news involving the Jimmer. Uh, BYU Sports Nation countdown and the wrap-up crew on Wednesday is going to be joined by one James Taft-Fridette.
0: Tyler Haas, jimmer Fredette. And me. I contributed zero points to BYU, but those guys scored a lot. <laughs> but that's you're going to be, you're gonna be, loud,
1: you're gonna be uh, amongst the, uh, quite the group. Uh, yeah. So Jimmer's going to be in town. You're going to be part of the, the countdown on the wrap-up crew for the BYU-Denver game. And then Jimmer's going to be live on this show on Thursday. Yeah. So nope. Jimmer's going to come to town and hang out with us, basically. I
0: love it. Yeah, that's all I wanted for Christmas. So, uh, yeah, getting Jimmer. So I can take back you're my gift I got for you? <laughs> Wait, what? Sweet. I keep inviting you to movies in Vineyard uh, nearby where you're No, you, you do never... not. <laughs> I live right
1: by there, and you never say I'm coming over there to go to a movie. Shut up!
0: where are you, man? Uh, you no. could literally yell from the parking lot, and yeah. I would probably hear you. Well, Top Golf has you. made it harder now. It's, it's just a that little is true. louder over there. It's but true. Uh, yeah, no, stoked to have James uh, Fredette in town. No one called him. That. Uh, James Taff it. Going to be uh, awesome. Okay, all rise and chout. It's time for What's us Tr-
2: First time and more. Bob's for a cheeky. Touchdown! There it is from Dallin Hall.
0: And taking it in for six. And the Cougs expand their lead. Yes, they do a little football, little hoops talk today and what's trending and let us get going. Yesterday at the end of the show, ESPN reporter Pete Thamel tweeted the following. Sources, BYU expected to hire Georgia Southern offensive line coach T.J. Woods at the same spot. He's a veteran line coach who has worked at Utah State, Oregon State, and Wisconsin I would, uh, like, reverse that uh, order. But anyway, uh, this move won't be formalized until after he coaches in Saturday's Myrtle Beach Bowl. Shep, we talked about it a little bit yesterday, but let's expand that conversation. What are your thoughts on the reported hire?
1: Yeah, I mean, in terms of what he brings, obviously I don't know too much about him other than what we've seen in, in, in terms of where he's coached. And uh, of all the places that he's coached, the one that really stands out to me is is at Wisconsin. Yeah. That, that's the one that I'm – it wasn't Utah State? It was not Utah State, although when he was at Utah State, they had a very good offensive line, especially that first time around in '09 9 through 12. Uh, that was a very good Aggie offensive line. So I'm certainly not – team was Yeah, it was very good. So I'm certainly not you know pushing that aside and not paying attention to I'm it. I'm just but trying to
0: make a Utah State joke.
1: Anytime you can be an offensive line coach at Wisconsin – Yep. Follow Gary Anderson. Follow Gary Anderson there. He was yep. part of that Gary Anderson coaching tree there. Um, and then to Oregon State. Yeah. And I, I just, we, when I think of Big Ten football, when I think of Wisconsin, I think of the offensive line. I think of cheese first, but then. Okay, okay. Then the cheese cur- offensive line eating cheese?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Probably an NIL deal there. With so,
1: so in terms of what he brings, I, I don't know what his style is. Um, I, I don't know anything about that. But I do like the stops that he's that he's been at. Um, there clearly is a connection, the the Utah State connection, so there was some crossover there, uh, being in the state of Utah multiple times. He's not from Utah. He's from, I believe, San Dimas. San
0: Dimas High School Football rules. It does yeah. rule. Yeah, he's from he's San Probably Dimas. the O-line coach That's there. my number one line with him. He's from San Dimas. <laughs> yes. So
1: he's a California yeah. guy. Went to Azusa Pacific. I do know that. Um, but he, he crossed paths with Kalani a couple of times. And so there is familiarity that way. Yeah. Uh, even though there is familiarity – I do like that it's somewhat of an out-of-the-box hire. It's not somebody that necessarily has BYU connections. It's not somebody that, that played here or was ever on the staff here. You
0: need a nice mix of people. So I, I, I do
1: like that there's, that there's that aspect. In terms of what it means, obviously that, that's only what time will tell.
0: Uh, I, I jokingly said, hey, dude's got to have a deep voice. Like Spence was like, he's got to command the room. Yeah. He's got to you know, accountability. I was like, then he has to have a deep voice if you're an online he has a deep enough gravelly voice to, uh, to, uh, yeah like juddy had the Just ultimate like gravelly yeah like you've been
1: yeah. through the wars
0: yeah, yeah i've been screaming at uh, these guys <laughs> yeah um he did play at iowa state by the way for a year so he's played in the big 12 he has a sense of what this league is obviously 23 years later it's a different kind of league but um, yeah, on the 2015 Oregon State staff with Kalani Satake. He's been a run game coordinator. No indication as to whether that will be part of his title or not. Uh, 20 years of collegiate experience. You mentioned where he's been and what he's done. He's put 11 dudes in the NFL, and that is a good number over uh, you know the time that he's been coaching as well. Hopefully he can continue to do that with BYU because when Kingsley Sua Matia gets drafted, that'll be the third straight starting left tackle for the Cougars. Who's the next guy? Come right. to Brigham. BLF tackle go to the NFL. So, yeah, I'm excited about it. It's a good one. Certainly, Jeff Grimes was kind of at the top of the list. uh, But ultimately, he got an OC job that's going to be greater than an O-line job in terms of pay and responsibility. And Kansas comes to Provo. So we will see Jeff Grimes uh, as well. Garrett 2J at NC State was another name we had thrown out there. But uh, Pete Thamel doesn't really miss, and so we're expecting T.J. Woods to be hired. It seems like, uh, yeah, the, the the move won't be formalized, uh, meaning BYU won't announce it. Until next week. Until after. He, he, uh, T.J. Woods respects the fact that Georgia Southern is playing in its bowl game, wants to go through that, and then then move on. Does right? he
1: respect the process, though?
0: <laughs> yeah. Is he a 76ers tanking fan from back in the day? Um, uh, but also, uh, you know, there's a report that t- uh, he's been telling recruits from for BYU. I will be the O-line yeah. coach. Let's go. So, th- you know, double dipping. It's hard at this point to not kind of do both. You got to coach your team, but you also got to get ready for signing day yes. next Wednesday, eight days away, as we mentioned yesterday. So, let's go, man. I, I like the move. I like the resume. Uh, and uh, let's get him in here and see if he well, can't run the ball better yeah, next year, yeah. unlike this year until the last two games. And, and
1: he's, this is not one where he's going to be able to come in and sort of ease into it. People are going to expect results right away because of yes. the, the way that the offensive line uh, underperformed last year and how that coincided with the run game and everything yes. that you just mentioned. So right out of the gate, he comes in with some some pretty big expectations.
0: There's pressure. This place, you've got to perform. You've got to be able to run the ball. You've got to protect the quarterback. you protects protect the quarterback well enough. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly could get better in that space. But obviously rushing the ball. And door. right now you don't know who, which quarterback
1: first... you're protecting.
0: Right. You'll figure that out. You, you think it's uh, Jake Kretzloff in TBD. You know, uh, what? Cade Finnegan and Ryder Burton and, and TBD transfer portal guy. Uh, BYU hosted a couple of guys last week. And, uh, you know, a couple of two, other two of which schools. have committed other schools. Yeah. So we'll see who BYU gets and what that means. But uh, overall, I like the move. And uh, let's see what T.J. Woods and uh, company can produce. On the offensive line, so we'll see. Okay, our first question of the day on this two for Tuesday. What's your reaction to the reported hire of T.J. Woods as BYU's offensive line coach? Mark Pope uh, propagandist Propagandist on X. He's a reasonable hire. I like what he did with Aiden Robbins at UNLV. I would not mind at all seeing them run that back. I can't imagine that that UNLV offensive line was, like, crazy awesome. You know what I mean? I'm not saying they were terrible, but the fact that Aiden Robbins got 1,000 yards... Mm -hmm. At UNLV, it doesn't produce a lot of 1,000-yard rushers. That is notable. That was under T.J. Woods' watch. What can he do with the talent and the size that BYU has? I'm looking forward to it.
1: And we had this conversation yesterday because I mentioned maybe that is something that can lure Aiden Robbins back. We still haven't made a decision yet. If he has an opportunity to play at the next level, maybe he takes that. But I I would certainly think this does not hurt
0: the chances that maybe we see
1: Aiden Robbins back in a BYU uniform.
0: (gasps) Be nice to have Aiden It'd be great. Do we feel like BYU could recruit someone better than Aiden Robbins? If the answer is yes, then you're not that worried, but you just don't know. But the we also to saw when he
1: finally got healthy,
0: he was how good go- he was against ranked teams, yes. like good. Yes, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Woo. Hey, well, look, Come back, Aiden Robbins, please. And we saw in
1: year one in the Big 12, you better have a running back. Because everybody that running was – Running backs. Bunny, yes, multiple.
0: You needed L.J. Martin.
1: You've got to have those guys that can
0: strike fear in the opposition on the ground. You've got to have them. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Okay, uh, Gary Oliver on Facebook. Maybe it's too difficult, but I would like to see more coaches coming from the outside ranks of BYU. In the end, it has to be someone that Kalani can work with. Yeah, I think a nice mix – Uh, of those who have played for and understand BYU versus those who have not is good because you're not just recruiting guys that had BYU in mind the whole time. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's a great point.
1: All right, let's uh, switch gears and talk a little BYU basketball. And we were discussing yesterday where we expected BYU to ultimately land in the AP poll after losing on Saturday. I love the people that tweeted at me after they're going to be out of the tent. No. Stop. They dropped four spots. Are you serious? We found out uh, very early in the afternoon, that they had only dropped four spots to number 18 in the AP poll. So the question is, what does this tell you about BYU basketball this season, that after the loss they only dropped four spots and and really didn't change much at
0: all in any of the other metrics that matter? First off, the margin was four points. It was a true road game. And we don't want to hear it, but Utah's actually good at basketball. Uh, How dare you? Utah's up to, sorry, spitting facts. Uh, Number 32 in net right now. That, That went over number one net. Launches them up. That's not a bad loss. In fact, it's a good loss to the committee. I know the rivalry and the red versus blue emotion comes into the conversation here for sure. But by the way, Utah ranked ahead of Gonzaga, Duke, Ohio State, UNC in net at the moment. That win was big time. It's not, it was just going to be a minor drop for BYU. They only dropped to three in net from one. They stayed at eight in Ken Palm. Um, it says a lot about obviously, like you said, what BYU has done this year. BYU is still a four seed by the way. This morning yeah. in Salt Lake it didn't in Leonard's latest bracketology. It didn't do anything, really. Like, it dropped you four spots in the AP poll and two in net. Who cares? Like, uh, I do because I want to beat Utah. Yes, that part of it, obviously, almost goes without saying on this program. Look how blue it is up here. Tobias Funke, eat your heart out. But BYU wants to, obviously, beat Utah. But it's a it's a 31-game regular season. you got a lot of big games coming up. If you told me BYU could get a win at Kansas... But the cost was losing at Utah. Sign me up, baby! Or win against Houston or win against Baylor. Like those, there's some big games on the schedule left. All good. Went into that environment. Learned some lessons. Make a couple free throws. Rebound better in the first half. How about you make more than seven threes in 30 attempts? BYU's gonna be just fine. Not too worried. Stoked BYU's still ranked. Yep. I'm still not used to this. I'm still in a little bit of denial of two things. One, that BYU is ranked. And two, the BYU still came back in women's soccer against UNC. I still can't believe it.
1: I went over to the BYU store the other day, and they were playing that game. Were they While really? I was walking around. I kept oh, hearing a, you. I'm oh. like, I can't get away from this guy. <laughs> no, <laughs>
0: no. I'm like, come to a movie in Vineyard. And you're like, no, I'm good. I'm good. No. So
1: what it tells me it tells me a couple things. Number one, it tells me that the committee is buying this team. That it was not just. The committee. You, know, you mean the voters? The, the vote. well, I'm just talking about the, the committee, the metrics.
0: Like they, they believe in this team. I'm just it, trying to it, identify which committee. The party planning committee? <laughs> who are you talking about? The, the pollsters?
1: The, those involved in the postseason. The, they believe the numbers. We don't, and we the don't computer, have anything from them. But the, My point is, the people that make the decisions, a.k.a. the computers, they believe in what BYU
0: has done so far. Wait, all of them? Is that what you're referring to? Which one? I'm trying to understand.
1: I don't know why you can't grasp the concept of what I'm well, trying Well, because the to
0: say. NCAA Tournament Selection Committee has said nothing on No, but
1: what I mean is you've got Joe Linardi, who we trust okay. and has some weight in college basketball. Yes. He has him still as a four seed. Yeah. The numbers, the metrics, the computers that have absolutely no bias whatsoever – all they look at is the numbers, and yeah. they still buy BYU after the loss. That's my point. Gotcha. You is, just humanize the computer? Yes. So calling them. Yes, up yes. I'm like, what yeah. are they? Yes. What are they discussing? That every everything yeah. involved in making these gotcha. decisions on whether or not you are re- a realistic, uh, you have a realistic shot at doing this yes. versus not. This still being, believe go- in in BYU, meaning going to the tournament yeah. or being a tournament type
0: team. Are we beyond just that, by the way? Even at this point. Of like, what do you mean, BYU making the tourney or not? I know we're only nine games in. Right, we're not even a third through this. We will be, you know, by the end of the week. Going to the tournament. It, do we feel like that's a lock at this point, or is it too early?
1: I still think it's too early, but yeah. I, feel, I agree, it's too early. I, still, I feel very good about their chances.
0: I do too. I, like, I'm crazy confident BYU's going to make the turn. Because look. But I want to see them in yeah. Big 12 play. Well, look, the other, the other thing that this
1: cool. tells me, the fact that BYU has stayed pretty much where they were pre-Utah loss, was that BYU had done the heavy lifting already. Yeah. You had already beaten a ranked team in San Diego State. You had it's those neutral good. site wins over Arizona State and North Carolina State. So you you had done enough already, and even though you had played so many home games, the computers, the people, the half human half computer people, they they took into account what BYU had done and said, yes, we like what you've done and it's enough. So I I think the other part, of, and again, it, it it pains me to say this, it also tells me that. Those same people that are making these decisions, computers that are spitting the numbers out, they also like Utah.
0: Utah's a 10 seed in Liberty. Yeah,
1: they, they, they think Utah nine. is going to be a good team, and so we're not going to ding BYU for losing to
0: them in Salt Lake City. It's also not a projection forward. It's just a projection of, of, right the, now. of the moment, yeah, of right which now. ultimately, uh, as much as we'd like to all plan and map out and project the future, it is only about what is right sure. now and the direction you're heading. But the direction that BYU is heading is a very good one. And the way that BYU is playing, obviously good. They had an off night. They're going to have performances like that in the future in the Big 12. They're going to not knock down a couple of threes. They're going to – this doesn't go there this or that way, and you're going to lose some games. In fact, if BYU finishes 500 or above, that's tremendous in Big 12 play. I would take 8-10 and 10 right now in the league, even though BYU played this yeah. well. Like, it's going to be – the the hardest challenge we've seen, and my hesitation on fully embracing sort of like yes BYU's attorney team is just what seed, is what happened in the football season. Bioy was four and one, yeah. five and two, and we were like, bowl game happening. It's like it was an automatic. We did not think five losses in a row would happen, which that's the first time since the '60s that BYU's ended a season on a five game losing streak. Like it has not happened in sixty something years or whatever. So, it's fair to say BYU's playing great. It's awesome. Uh, 18 in the AP, 8 in the Ken Palm, 3 in the net, committees or not or whatever, are doing a a, a recognized BYU. I want to see him play halfway through Big 12 play. And then we're like, okay, we truly have a sense of how hard this league is and how good BYU is in it. We don't know who's getting healthy and who's not in terms of, like, in January, in February, in March. Dawson Baker coming back. Ali Khalifa still getting healthy. When Foose comes back, like, what does that mean for the rotation? What does that look like? I'm excited to see it. Because at 8-1, and one, yeah. I did not expect it.
1: Well, and look, and I fully expect BYU to head into conference play with the one loss and the one loss only. Yep. And I, there there may be few exceptions to this, but you're probably not going to have what's considered a bad loss in the Big 12. If, when, you if not, BYU you loses, I don't won. know if any of them will be considered
0: bad losses. Yeah, I, I talked with uh, Eric Mika about this coming up, but 12 of the 14 in the uh, in the net as of yesterday in the top 85. Yeah. There are only two teams that are outside the top 100, yep. and they are not even in the bottom 200 of. The
1: Take care of business through the rest team. of the non-conference, it's which I fully expect this team to be able, and able to one, do. 12 1,
0: and then you're going for win 100 at BYU for Mark Pope and the first Big 12 Bearcats. win ever against the Bearcats. There you go. Our uh, second question of the day on the Super Tuesday: What is BYU falling four spots, number 18, in this week's AP poll? Say about BYU's team. Sydney Bauerbank on Instagram. Oh, I met Sydney at the Utah game. I We said hello. She said, I'm Cindy Barrett. You read my tweets all the time, or Instagram posts all they the time. You can put a face with What's the, up? With the, with yeah, the uh, social I remember you, Cindy, posts. I remember you. It says that BYU is a good team. This was the first true away game of the year in a hostile environment against BOI's rival, who's a top 40 team. No hope is lost. Let's keep going. Go kooks. Yeah. It stinks to lose to Utah. Yeah. No one's arguing that. But uh, Utah's pretty good. Plus, BOI made them look pretty good by being the number one net team and launching them off. So there you go. So you're welcome, Utah. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Ugh. Continue to weigh in on
1: X, Facebook, and Instagram. <laughs> All right, number 18, BYU men's basketball looking to bounce back against Denver tomorrow night. The Nuggets. Pre-game coverage. Please, I, I, hope, I hope Jokic isn't here. Pre-game coverage begins at 8 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio with the game starting at 9 Eastern on Big 12 Now on
0: ESPN Plus and BYU Radio. What do you mean Walton called uh, Ali Khalifa the closest thing to uh, Jokic? in college basketball in a while. After the break, my one-on-one with G League Ignites, Eric Mika on his podcast, and BYU men's hoops, and other stuff. This is BYU Sports Nation. Eric Mika settled in. Eric Mika makes it eight straight field goals. He's been hard to guard.
1: Mika, spin in the paint, right hand,
2: and the finish. Wow.
0: Remember when Eric Mika played at BYU? That was fun, man. Was fun. G- good times. I, I think he's the uh, only two and done in BYU history. Left after his sophomore year, uh, you know, freshman year mission, and uh, came back and was a, a good player. Hanging out with the G League Ignite? Yeah, with uh, Scoot Henderson last year. I was still figuring it out in the NBA a little bit, but uh, I I, uh, I ran. I was running, and then I caught up uh, with Eric Mika yesterday, and we chatted while he was in his very nice Tesla. Here's the conversation. All right, Eric. Uh, from the now for later pod, you also play basketball here. That's cool.
2: Every once in a while, when there's time. Yeah. When wait, there's time.
0: You used to play more basketball. You got uh, you hurt your knee. How, how you doing yeah. now? What's going on? Yeah, I'm doing really
2: well. Uh, obviously, we just spoke a minute before um, the interview. I'm actually at a, a treatment facility right now. Um, starting last week, I started running on one of those cool treadmills that'll you know, change your body weight. So right now I'm changing, you know, just doing light jogs at, I think it was like 35% of my body weight. So I feel great. I feel like I could run forever because it's, you know, nothing, but um, really good progress. It, it's been amazing. Cause you know, they gave me a deadline or, or um, you know, a projected amount of weeks that I'd be out and we're about halfway there, but it's looking like it's going to be quicker. Um, you know, there's been no swelling, no pain, really no bad reaction to anything. Um, so we're just going to keep ramping it up. Um, and hopefully I'm back here soon in just a couple of weeks.
0: That's awesome. That's great news. Uh, in terms of being hurt this time and being in the G league, but now you have a podcast and sort of controlling like what information is out as an athlete, obviously, which is, this yeah. is the player empowerment era, right? And I right. transfer portal more Yet yeah, You can control your own media. You don't have to depend on anybody else. What's that been like for you to sort of like, okay, I, I can tell what i want about my knee right. or not and and you can sort of see this journey of recovery as well
2: yeah i mean first and foremost just having something is keeping me sane you know and I've, I've actually talked a lot you know that's a bit a big talking point on my podcast is whether you're hurt or not you know it's it's good to have something else it's good to have something to tie your identity into obviously i've been on your show to talk about it but It's it's been more real and more relevant now than ever because it sucks being hurt. Like and and even before my surgery, I was out for four weeks because we were trying different things, you know, different, um, you know, injections and different type of therapies and, and just trying to figure it out. And then we decided to do the surgery. So even though it's only been six weeks since the surgery, it feels like it's been well, it has been months because I was out before that. Um, So just having something else has kept me kind of sane, you know, there's only so much therapy I can do. There's only, um, you know, so many upper body lifts that I can do. Like, like it's easy to get frustrated when you're hurt, especially when your team is struggling, which which we have been a little bit. Um, And so it's nice having something. And then, yeah, like you said, you know, being able to then turn it into a story, you know, like it's something I talked about on my episode last week, something that's improved. Um, since starting this podcast is my ability to to tell stories, you know, which is which is a, you know, important skill to have in life. And now I get to, you know, spin this in a positive light and and talk about it and hopefully help at least one other person once, you know, they confront something like this, which is inevitable for, for a lot of people, not just one.
0: Yeah. So if, if it's your knee as an athlete, that might be something else. Right. For people who aren't athletes, like, yeah, right. you, we all have us. It's been fun to see who you've had on the show, by the way, John Stockton, Steve Young, KVN, Dar- uh, Darren Williams, Avery Bradley, yeah. Michaela Skinner, among others. What? Wh- ah. who, who? Who's the person you want on that you think you can get that you haven't had on yet? Uh, you know, there's so many people.
2: I just have this running list. Um, like, it, it, it's been fun. Cause like my family has gotten in, into it and, and, you know, friends and just like acquaintances, like when someone, they think of like, I'll get these random texts, like, Hey, you should, or like with an article or a link or whatever. And they're like, you should have this person on, you know, cause they're, they're doing what what you're trying to do. Um, and so that's been really fun. And so I have this running list of probably like three, 400 people that who, you know, I'm never going that, to get to all it. Of them. Um, but you know, <laughs> the one, the one that would just be awesome. Um, and I've always thought this, but then, you know, think it even more since I ran into him a couple weeks ago is Shaq. I mean, Shaq is like obviously larger than life, literally and figuratively. Like, he's everywhere. He's on every other freaking commercial that I watch when I watch basketball games. Then he's on TNT. He's been in movies. He's rapping. Like, you know, he, he'd be so much better. DJ fun. Diesel. I, I, dj diesel he's all yeah. over the world doing concerts like really? obviously i had his son on the on the show sharif we're we're close from last year and, and so that was fun but i had actually despite having a lot of um mutual friends and and just connections through the nba um i had never met him um you know he's so busy he, he would watch our games and he knew who i was but he was never able to come because he's flying constantly between vegas and atlanta and who else knows you know or where else like it could be so many places, but he was at the, the lifetime facility, um uh, where we live, like the lifetime gym, like right across the street from us. It's like and, a public gym. No, I mean, yeah. Oh. I mean, it's a nice gym. It's a lifetime gym. It's nice, but like, yeah. yeah, it was just, you know, it's his gym. It's where he goes. It's, and it's where we live. Yeah. And I was walking and and, and he popped out of this car You know, I should have known, I mean, the car was enormous. Um, and like, it, it was funny cause I, I feel like I know him, like I said, because of these mutual friends, because of Sharif, so like, without even hesitating or thinking, we made eye contact, and I was like, "What's up, shag Daddy?" And... <laughs> 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 and like, and like running it back, I was like, "Did I really just say that?" But like, you know, he he's so cool, he's so charismatic. Like, and, and he, you know, it was cool for me one because he knew who I was. Um, obviously, watching the games through his son Sharif, um, and then he he knew my son's name too. He was like, because I was walking with my family and. And he was like, there's, he's like, there's Jojo. He's like, uh, <laughs> what, what's, what's the, what's the other one's name? And, and like, I should have. And then he shook my son's hand with like just his finger. And my, my son's hand was like a, a grain of rice, a grain of rice on his finger. But like, I, I should have gotten a picture of him. but it was just cool. He's just, he, he's just an unbelievable character and he does a lot of really cool things. So I'd love to have him and, and, and who knows, maybe, maybe down the road it'll work, but. He's a busy guy. All these people are busy, so it's it's hard to get any of them.
0: I love that. What's your other kid's name? Hey. <laughs>
2: <what's up? laughs> it's the best. And family. he was like, Be- beautiful
0: family. I was like, thanks, Shaq. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Jack daddy. <laughs> it was great. That's great. Let's talk about BYU. Obviously, okay. a tremendous start. Disappointing game Saturday to lose at Utah. But uh, what have you seen from a distance of uh, BYU hoops? Because it's very different from last year. Yeah, you know, I, I think
2: what – I love two things. I mean, I, I love more than two things, but the first thing, two things that come to mind are, one, you pretty much have – you brought up last year, you have a lot of the same guys, you know what I mean? So I, I love seeing – you just don't see nowadays, like especially in college, like teams and players sticking it out like together as the whole unit um, you know, some people listening to this will be like, oh, that's ironic coming from Eric Mika, but like, <laughs> they're all, you know, they all, they're all there, like, yeah. and, and, and you can tell that they like each other. You know, obviously, I, I know the players, um, a little bit from workouts in the summer. You know, I interact with them on social media. Like, you can tell that they genuinely like each other, which is, which is huge. You know, like they hang out off the court, like, as stupid as it seems, like it matters, you know, um, cause at the end of the day, when, when you're looking, to the guy next to you and you see of you, you know, you see him more like a brother than, you know, just a teammate or an acquaintance, then you're going to make that extra pass. You're going to, you're going to dive on the floor. You're not going to worry about foul trouble or having a bad shooting game. If he's playing well, you know, so, so I really think that matters. And I think you see um, that it translates and, you know, the second part kind of piggybacks off that. Like, I love that. We don't have like a guy, you know, obviously we have, you know, guys that are starring in their roles you know Jackson Robinson's been been kind of the scorer but I wouldn't even say he's the guy you know any given night like different guys are are, are stepping up to the plate and making big plays and again I think that's um, a big part of a, a winning culture and a recipe for success so hopefully it continues that way like you said Saturday tough game disappointing game but you know it's not like Utah's some horrible program you know they're winning games as well they have a great coach who knows what he's doing and they have you know pro prospects on their team. So, you know, you want to be 9 and 0, but they're in a great spot. Obviously, net rankings are showing that, and like I said, more importantly, you're seeing them gel as a team. Um and so the the, the real tests are coming in the Big 12, but but they're off to a great start to be ready for it.
0: Is BYU going to compete better than you thought in the Big 12s with this start? Cuz I think that feels like the consensus, but I want to get your opinion of like at first I was pretty intimidated by the league like ah Hopefully, he can scratch out a few, but it feels like Bowie can go in there and and uh, approximate 500, a couple games below or above, and, and get in the tournament. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, I think the the possibilities are endless. I do think that's a that's a safe um, betting point. And the the thing is, it's so college basketball is just so fickle, and, and sports in general. Just because it's it's such a momentum thing. You know what I mean? It's a momentum and a swagger and a confidence and it doesn't matter who you are or who you're supposed to be and projected to be. If, if you have those intangibles that I was talking about earlier, you, you know, you make those small plays and those effort things and you're in the best shape and you've taken, you know, the most three pointers over the summer, which we know BYU has like, and and you're playing and you're gelling, like you really don't know, like you might have confidence and, and, and really beat everybody's expectations of you. So, um, Yes, I would definitely say with the start that they've had, um, it has absolutely changed my outlook on on how they're going to do in the Big 12. Now they have to go do it, but um, like I've said a couple times, they have the pieces um, and, and they have most importantly the momentum. So I, I think they're going to be all right, but we'll see. It's a tough league. It's a tough league. I, I'm not mad if if we don't come out and dominate the first year, you know.
0: Yeah, listen, I would take uh, eight and ten right now in league I, for sure i just i mean I just would i might even take 7-11 and right now i mean
2: i would take it because it's probably a tournament bid you know and, and at the end of the day that's that's what you're playing for you know and, and that means that you've beat seven or eight really quality teams which is way more than than we have in the past you know in conference play like you only get a couple chances to beat really quality teams and and then the rest of them, they're games you're supposed to be winning. And those those are trap games is, is how I like to call them. So way, way better position to be in. of
0: well, the top 14 are in the top 83 of net. And there are two yes. that are not, but they are still inside the top 200. It's You don't have yeah. anybody in that's going to be a quad four. You know what I mean? No. So, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Well, best of luck with uh, with the knee. Uh, keep running at like 35% body weight. So you feel like you're uh, these <laughs> BYU distance runners, Kenneth Rooks over here. Uh, yeah. winning Natties, but uh, yeah, keep up the good work on the podcast and uh, we'll see you soon, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. Eric Mika, uh, fan favorite. Still uh, bummed he left after his sophomore year, but he's only 28. Dude's been around the world playing and uh, still trying to make it back to the NBA. Yeah, and it's fun to see him in, in his car. In, in, <laughs> well, that
1: too. It's a very nice car, nice car. but it, but it's fun to see him having success and being a part of that G League Ignite yeah. team. Yeah. And I know he's dealing with some injuries and things like that, but um, it's, it's fun that he's, yeah. you know, he's had in the story about Shaq. How funny is
0: that, by the my, way? My son's finger. And it was like yeah, the, vis- of the visual of, the, of his <laughs> son
1: <laughs> shaking the finger of, of Shaquille O'Neal.
0: That's
1: awesome. Yeah. Well, I've had a different experience with Shaq where he threatened to kick my butt. Really? No, I've told that story. It's, it, I, it's I, a joke. I don't joke. know it. He, he did. He did. He did it in a, in a joke. I don't think we have time for this. Quick. Quick. Okay, quick. All right, so it was a shoot around before a Jazz Lakers game, so yep. I was at the at the Jazz <laughs> the Jazz radio station. So, needless to say, I'm not as tall as Shaq or most people on this planet. Yeah. So I'm ha- full full extension, full stretch to try and get my mic near his mouth. And you know, when you're talking to people, sometimes they'll move their head. Well, he he moved his head around and he bumped into the mic once. Oh boy. Second time. He did it again, and I wasn't paying attention to pull it away. He's like, if you hit me with that microphone again, I'm going to beat your butt. Although he didn't say butt. (laughs) And, no, it was in Shaq's, you know. But I'm, like, fairly new. It freaked me out. It's Shaq. But he obviously meant it as a joke, but sort of not. Well, I don't know. (laughs) So so every time I see Shaq, I think back to when I was very, very new in this business
0: and Shaq threatened me. Jokingly, of course. Just a young chef. Jokingly, of course. (laughs) That's great. All right. I don't think that Jimmer is going to do that if that happens <laughs> no, tomorrow. Though.
1: No, it is a BYU Sports Nation Jimmer week. Let's go. Jimmer Fredette will be joining the BYU Sports Nation countdown and wrap-up crew on Wednesday for the BYU-Denver game, and then we'll be live on BYU Sports Nation Thursday to talk about BYU basketball and look ahead to the 2024 Paris Olympics. Chip, move your mic. I, I, that how did I
0: know your name? I'm going to beat your butt. Coming <laughs> up, which other Cougar was drafted yesterday? And what draft? A Kingsley Suamatia draft projection and our thoughts on cold tubs. This is BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation is presented
2: by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
1: Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media
0: for content throughout the day on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Welcome back to Studio B. I am Jerem. No one's going to kick Jason's butt today. Well, we'll see. Let's get to today. The day is podcast. young. <laughs>
1: ESPN's Pete Thamel reported yesterday that BYU is expected to hire Georgia State offensive line coach T.J. Woods to the same position. Woods has previously coached at Utah State, Wisconsin, Oregon State, Western Kentucky, and UNLV. Thamel reported that the move won't be official until after he coaches in Saturday's
0: Myrtle Beach Bowl. Mild correction, Georgia Southern. Georgia State is the opponent Saturday. Uh, yes. In basketball. All, all good. All good. Uh, it, sometimes the script has it. ESPN's Matt Miller has Kingsley Suomathia going 30th to the Dolphins in his latest 2024 mock draft. Miller really says he's the most active physical left tackle I've studied this year. But he's also really good in this, in space in the run game and moves smoothly in pass protection. Suomathia started 22 games for BYU the past two seasons.
1: BYU men's basketball drops only four spots to number 18 in the latest AP poll. It marks the third consecutive week being ranked in the poll. The 8-1 Cougars also fell four spots in the coaches' poll. They are now number 17, but held steady at number 3 in the net and number 8 in Kempom. Up next is Denver at home tomorrow night, 9 Eastern on ESPN Plus and BYU Radio. Pre-game coverage on TV and radio an hour
0: earlier. Of course. Joe Lenardi, number 4 in uh, the bracketology yeah. still. Let's go. Breck and Mozingo one of four finalists for the 2024 Women's Soccer Honda Sport Award, which is given to the nation's top women's soccer player. Mozingo had a tremendous season as BYU went to the College Cup for the second time in three seasons. Kamila Hiapo
1: joins Whitney Bauer and is drafted by the Atlanta Vibe. Hey. Wondering what the Atlanta Vibe is? It's a Pro Volleyball Federation team that begins play uh, in January of 2024. Their inaugural season.
0: Yeah, pretty cool. That's awesome. And both went to the same team. I told both, "Hey, your rent just got cut in half." Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> Congratulations. A little familiarity in yeah. a in a
0: in a new world, right? Yes, that's awesome. They're gonna have a ton of fun there, and uh, hopefully that league uh, does well. There's not a real strong vibe with domestic women's volleyball leagues, so that'd be fun. Do you know where the other
1: cities are that have the league? Uh, yeah, there's
0: uh, you know there's Grand Rapids, uh, Michigan, and there's uh, seven total teams. To They're up. gonna get up to ten teams next year. Nice. Um, San Diego's one of them. So, uh, hey, Salt Lake, I think would support a team. That'd be good. Okay, those are today's headlines. Let's whip it. The Whip Round is presented by Marsk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner.
1: All right, we just mentioned it. Uh, Whitney Bauer and Kamila Hiapo uh, were both drafted by the Atlanta Vibe in the new Pro Volleyball Federation. So does that mean that BYU automatically becomes Atlanta Vibe fans?
0: Uh, yeah, I, I think BYU fans are going to be paying attention sure. to what's going on. We'll see how they fit in, like what veterans already exist versus like the drafted rookies. Are they backups to start? We'll see. Are they starters right away? But, yeah, this is exciting. We've not had this. Because when a player like Ronnie Jones-Perry or Alexa Gregg goes overseas, it's kind of hard to keep up with what they're doing yeah. on the reg. You can look it up. But we could actually, I think, watch their games. And if you're a BYU fan in the South or all over the country, wherever they go, you can go to these games. Yeah, no, I think, look,
1: if you're going to be a fan of any team, it's going to be this one, right? When you've got yeah. two BYU players on it, why would you pick There's no of- other BYU
0: players yeah. in the league yeah. that yeah. I know of. Yeah. So, yeah, so there we go. The Atlanta vibe. Bring it on. Let's go. We avoided any pun with that, so... Uh credit test. Kingsley Silmatia, number thirty in Matt Miller's mock draft. Would you like to fit for Kingsley and the Dolphins?
1: Uh, sure. I mean I'm I'm not gonna pretend that I know the break down the left the tackle offensive for the line right situation now. for the Miami Dolphins. in reading what Matt Miller put, says it's not necessarily a need. They have a very good left tackle, but he's Beginning to get older, there's a chance that he may opt out, and so it's sort of a could be a luxury pick that far down in the in the first round for the Miami Dolphins to be able to get a guy like Kingsley that can ultimately take over at the left tackle position.
0: In the NFL, if you're a talented tackle, they'll move you around. You'll sure. play right tackle. You might even play guard. Like you have college tackles playing guard in the NFL. See Brady Christensen. Uh, quite a bit with the Panthers, for example. And I talked with Connor Paye this year.
1: He, there, they're, you cross train for all of that stuff. Especially when you go to the to the totally. NFL, you're going to play multiple positions. If a- you want to be on a roster, you've got to make yourself available wherever they need you.
0: Yeah, there's there's backups, barely, yep, yep. in the NFL. All
1: right, Puka Nakua is 360 yards away from the NFL rookie receiving record. Mm. If he breaks the record, would he pass Austin Colley on the BYU-NFL wide receiver hierarchy after just one season?
0: It's a good question. Certainly, this season has been incredible. Uh, I think I need to see a second season from Puka where he's a good receiver. He doesn't have to put up these numbers, but... Austin had some good sustainability until concussions kind of took him out of it. To me, Austin's still the best NFL receiver he's had, uh, but Puka's certainly challenging that, and you could argue this is better, but I would say I need probably see another season.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, if he wins the NFL rookie receiving record, he's certainly in the conversation, but because of what Kali has done, and he did it over a couple of seasons, I'd,
0: I'm going to still go with Austin. I love that we're having this conversation, because we're not about yeah. a skill position like receiver, sure. which is awesome. RG3, Robert Griffin III nominated Zach Wilson for the Hemi Award on Monday Night Countdown last night. Lucky by Dodge. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Is RG3 an unofficial hype man for the Cougars? Yes!
1: The The guy tweets about BYU all the time, and I'm here for it. I never saw that coming, how he would gravitate and really attach... To BYU, he loves the Cougars, hey, so I think it's hey, fantastic.
0: Big Twelve, let's go. That's right. Yeah, RG3 is a lot of fun. I enjoy his commentary, and uh, yeah, he is unofficially a high man for BYU. I love All right,
1: uh, Kyle Shanahan, the head coach of the Niners, promised whichever 49er player uh, that could get under DK Metcalf's skin with your Seahawks yep. on Sunday uh, would get a Christmas present. It uh, ended not up hard, by the way. It ended up being Fred Warner who got into the uh, the kerfuffle with uh with they got ejected. So is this a is a morally acceptable bounty gate?
0: It sure feels like it, right? Hey, if you do this you get a present. like, what does that look like? He didn't describe it, but yeah, this is morally acceptable. What do yeah. you think
1: what do you think the present is? Hmm. See I'm going hand lotion. <laughs> because you get under someone's
0: skin, so you tie, <laughs> you play into the to that that's, thing? That's good. Okay. Yeah. Right. I, I don't know. Is that a sweet-smelling set of candles for the <laughs> – I don't know. Okay. <laughs> What's <I don't>, up? <laughs> Dolphin star receiver Tyree Kill was shown entering the stadium before last night's Monday Night Football game with a bag of McDonald's. Anthony Popliano posted this on Twitter. This is great. One of the best football players in the world is eating McDonald's before Monday Night Football, and you think your 13th cold tub this week is going to help you answer emails better.
1: <laughs> Are you a cold tub guy? I've never never been in a cold tub, but to this day, and I've mentioned this every time we get to spring football or fall camp, when they go get in the in the cold tubs after practice, I've always said I need to do an interview in the cold tub with oh, someone yeah. in the cold
0: tub. And then that could be your your Jim Nance with John Stockton yes. in the hot tub yes. opposite. So yes. I've never been in a cold tub, Classic but it's gonna idea. happen one day. One day, when Jim Nance with KSL saw like he did that with Stockton, yeah, in like a preseason. And people still bring it up to this it's, day, it, like, clearly, like today, clearly. Yeah. Coming up, Top Five Tuesday. Who are the top duos currently at BYU? I don't know how we're going to name anybody one, two, three, four, or five. We know the five, but like all five of these are awesome. A five way tie for number one. We will attempt to do so after the break.
2: This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e commerce logistics shipping partner.
0: Top five Tuesday, best duos at BYU right now. We're going to list five through one, but really they're all tied for first. I don't know how we could differentiate because there's a lot of great ones. Start us off. All right, number five, Jackson
1: Robinson and Spencer Johnson. Robinson is BYU's leading scorer at nearly 17 points per game. He's shooting 43% from three and hit a team-high 28 threes so far this season. All off the bench, bro. All off the bench. As for Spencer Johnson, he's third on the team in scoring. He's second in rebounds and first in assists. Both have helped number 18 BYU get off to its best start since starting 10-0 in the
0: 2010-2011 season. We could have put any combination there on men's basketball, right? Oh, yeah. We could have put... Paul and Nell, who are the most Could efficient. Have put Paul and Oats. Put Paul and Oats as well. Let's go. Number four, Lauren Gustin and Kaylee Wolston, women's hoops. The double double queen, Lauren Gustin, averaging 17 points, 15 and a half rebounds a game. That leads the country again. She's amazing. Wolston second on the team in points, 15 a game, four and a half rebounds. Third in the country and nearly 59% from three. Sometimes she banks them in. That's rare though. Normally they're center cut. Women's hoops, eight and two on the season. Number three, BYU women's volleyball. Erin Livingston,
1: Whitney Bauer. Livingston was dominant for BYU this past season. She led BYU with 456 kills, also led the team in kills per set, and hit percentage at 285 on the season. Bauer stuffed the stat sheet, 980 assists, 139 kills, 245 digs, 70 blocks, and 34 aces. They helped BYU to a four-seed. In the NCAA Tournament, a 25-7 record and a third-place finish in the first season in the Big 12 Conference.
0: Fun to have a front row for a lot of those awesome uh, kills like like that from Aaron Livingston and Whitney Bauer. I called her the waitress because she dives all over the place getting all the tips. It's awesome. Okay, number two, Eddie Heckard, Jacob Robinson. These guys were fantastic as corners for BYU this year. Heckard was a baller stuffing the stat sheet. Four and a half TFLs, had a sack, five picks, six PBUs three-fourths fumbles, fumble recovery, two touchdowns. Robinson out of pick six himself, four picks, seven PBUs, 59 tackles. They contributed combined 11 of 20, BYU's 20 takeaways on defense. We're going to miss Eddie Heckard, Jacob Robinson. will have a stellar senior year coming up next year.
1: That brings us to number one, and we go with BYU women's soccer and the duo of Brecken Muzingo oh. and Olivia Wade Katoa. We'll start with Brecken. She led BYU in goals with 14 and assists with 15, also named one of the three finalists for the Mac Herman Trophy. That's a big deal. Olivia Wade Coteau was second on the team in goals and third in assists. They helped lead the number one offense in the entire country, led BYU to a 23-3 and three record, the second College Cup appearance in program history, and a number four final ranking. What a duo and what a program.
0: Honorably mentioned, uh, Kenneth Rooks and Comebacks were the other duo uh, <laughs> that should have made it on uh, there. So that is a Top 5 Tuesday, the Top 5 duos at BYU right now. All right, BYU Basketball with Mark Pope returns Thursday
1: as the head coach and player guest. We'll break down the most recent games and preview what's next for the number 18 BYU Cougars. That's Thursday, 8.30 Eastern Time on Big 12 Now on ESPN+.
0: After the break, we'll wrap up the show, answering a couple of 2 for Tuesday Questions of the day. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official
2: outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It's a
1: Big 12 holiday today. Look at that, 12-12, and the conference is celebrating with giveaways throughout the day. Check out the Big 12's social media throughout the day for your chance to win one of 12 prizes, funny enough, from the conference beginning at the top Of the hour and continuing every hour throughout the day. This is cool.
0: 12-12 day. Yeah, and uh, BYU Cougars doing stuff as well. Yeah, the whole Are we conference. eligible for this? I would, I would hope not. <laughs> I, I think that people need to get. <laughs> we, we are blessed. You are blessed. Uh, you know, to to all partake in uh, BYU sports together. Look, just being in the Big 12 is enough. 12-12 for me. Hashtag blessed for all of us. Yes. I, you especially. have waited for this day, and here we are. Our first question of the day on this Two for Tuesday is this. What's your reaction to the reported hire of TJ Woods as BYU's offensive line coach? Graydon Larson on Instagram. Ask me at this time next year. Let's see what he can do. Oh, wait and see approach. That's wait, fair. Wait and see approach.
1: Well, that's kind of what, like we don't, we don't really know a whole lot about him. So this is going to be a, a learning process. No. I'm, I'm excited. Once this thing becomes official, you know, maybe have him on the show and kind of get to know him a little bit and find out exactly what his philosophy
0: Hopefully is. next week. Yeah. Aggie fan Dan on X. Aggie fan, huh? He coached some awesome Aggie teams. I didn't pay as much attention to the offensive line back then, but I think they played a part in Chucky Keaton setting school records in 2012. That 2012 team finished 16th in the country. Had they beaten either BYU, who won 6-3 in Provo, Taysom Hill's first start, by the way, um, or made the field go at Wisconsin to win, mm-hmm. they would have been the G5 entrant into the, uh, the, the you know, uh, New Year Six. They would have been that. So, sorry, Aggies. Well, um, hey,
1: look, here. Gary here's the thing, him. too. Gary Anderson, if the guy's not doing his job and is not somebody that Gary Anderson thinks is helping the program get better at that specific position, he's not taking him to Wisconsin, and then he's not taking him to Oregon State. Yeah. So the fact that he followed Gary and Gary wanted him with him on his staffs at these different locations, I think, speaks pretty highly of him.
0: Now I'm remembering in 2015 I went to Gary Anderson's actually last game at USC. Randomly that weekend I was there hanging out and – Zach Nyborg hooked me up. Was on the sideline for Oregon State USA. TJ Woods was there, uh, the O line coach. And uh, then the next day, Gary bounced and it, it, it got weird. All, uh, our two for Tuesday question of the day: The second one is, what does is only falling four spots, number eighteen in this week's AP poll, say about BYU's team? Alex uh, Sieg Miller on Facebook it means BYU lost a game versus a pretty good Utah team at their place. Utah played the very best they have played all year. Um, yeah, yeah, probably they played Houston pretty tough too. Utah uh, and BYU played the absolute worst they have all year. That fact is true. Although BYU didn't play terribly, they just didn't play well enough, in my opinion. And still only lost by four. As far as losses go, the voters don't consider it a bad loss. No, it's not. Yeah, voters, metrics, uh, pollsters, all of it. Gary, yeah. elite voice of the day. is presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated. Tasha Lynn, 19 on X. This team, meaning men's hoops, is still pretty dang good. She's a super fan. She would know. And all hope is not lost. Forget about the loss. Move on. There's still plenty of big fish to fry. To Eric Mika's point earlier, we've not had this kind of year where oh, we would ID like, hey, these games, we got to win X amount of these to have a shot at the tourney. Certainly we're doing that with the Big 12, but the number's just way bigger. If you're always going to have so many Quad 1 opportunities in Quad 2, it is ridiculous. Like, we're talking about 18 or 20 of those. So win enough of those. Yeah. You lose one, it's not going to make or break your season. Although if you beat Kansas, Baylor, or Houston, that certainly helps too.
1: Look, the, the reason that this still has legs is, is because nobody wants to lose to Utah. Yep. You know, and we've we've gone over it the last couple of days. It did not hurt BYU. BYU is still in a fantastic spot. Yeah. and they're they're in they're in no
0: worse position than they were before. Today's rising shoutout is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU athletics. Whitney and Kamila Gajpal, getting drafted by the Atlanta Vibe. Congrats! Our thanks to today's guest, Eric Mika. All right, conversation continues 24-7 on X, Instagram, and Facebook. This and all of our shows are on demand on BYUSN.com. Sorry to Dennis Pitta, we ran out of time. You didn't get drafted by the Atlanta Bot. For Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to McKaylee Moore. Go Cougs!